Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here's how markets are looking like right now. We've got red on the screen. So we are seeing the SP 500 below 4,200. That is the support level people are penciling in. It fell 1.4%. To 4,187. And this is also the first time since May that SP 500 fell below that level. The Nasdaq Composite was the biggest loser, down 2.4%, signaling its worst day in eight months, and it finished at 12,821. And we have the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 100 points or 0.3%. So let's unpack it with Nadine Terman. She is the CEO and CIO of Solstein Capital. Nadine, thanks for joining us on the show today. Hi, Ryan. How are you guys doing? We are doing great. Uh, how about you, Nadine? Good, good. I'm interested to hear about these scary pumpkin statistics <laughs> after a day uh, like today. I have a feeling they can't be scarier than the market we had. Uh, that is true because it's all red on the screen. So let's get into it. How scary was it for you? Sure. So U.S. stocks pretty much got crushed on the day. People were trying to digest some earnings. There were some positive pockets we can talk about, some negative ones. But as you mentioned, the S&P was down minus 1.4, NASDAQ down minus 2.4. Um, the S&P was, you know, obviously everyone's looking at the 4,200 uh, level, um, but the disappointing price action is really about Google was one of the catalysts along with the jump in rates. And we can talk about that as well. And so while after hours, people are talking about meta alphabet mm. was really the story of the day along with treasuries. So briefly, we've had a bit of a tale of two tech names. Microsoft doing well because of cloud. Alphabet missing on expectations for cloud. But there was a lot of expectations going into this week because it's the tech earnings season, or at least the tech week, so to speak. And tech makes a big chunk of the market right now. That's right. So, you know, the seven stocks that drove not just U.S. markets, but global markets related to U.S. tech, and we're talking about several of them right now. So Microsoft was up 3.1%, so winning standout after reporting very impressive growth for Azure. And you looked at the other mega caps, they slid alongside Alphabet, the Vanguard mega cap growth ETF, that's MGK, if you're looking for tickers, was down 2.2%. And that's, um, you know, almost, uh, you know, almost double the S&P decline. So when we're looking at that versus that equal weighted S&P was down 1.1. So tech was a huge driver of disappointment. Um, even though Meta initially was up after hours into the pre, it's now down. So I think people are looking for higher growth than expected if mm. you're going to print. And they really need to understand, are you getting profitability? What are you doing in the cloud? How much CapEx are you spending on AI? When are you going to benefit from it? And so versus six months ago when you could have just said the word AI and it seemed like your stock price went up, people are looking at the details now and saying, like, well, what am I going to get out of this? Yeah, digging into the details. So let's take a look at the price action, Nadine. So we are below, like you pointed out, the support level people were penciling in, 4200 So how much more momentum is there behind perhaps the downside? 
sure. So we're just looking on a very short term. So I'm looking at the SPY, which is a, the S&P ETF, but it has about a downside, another of 1.13%. If you're just looking at a one-day trading, call it to five-day trading horizon, where there's an upside of 5%. So the odds are now in your favor. It's not showing oversold for us yet, though. Mm. So again, there's still a little bit more downside from a technical standpoint, but your odds are 4.4 to 1 on the upside. And the Qs, same thing. So very close to the bottom end of our trading ranges here for tech, another 1.1 to the downside, and then 5.57% to the upside. So call it a 5 to 1 odds on the upside. But you're looking at where is the momentum in these, which I think is very important. Both are bearish on the short term and bearish on the medium term. So that's not typically where you would see a lot of algorithmic um, trading strategies say, hey, I want to come in when something's oversold in a big way because the trends are to the downside. All right. Well, in conversation with Nadine Terman, she is the CEO and CIO of Sostein Capital. And talking about what's also going to be in focus in the coming weeks, the FOMC is going to be in action. And this is going to mean rates and also bond yields will be in focus. Already, we are seeing the 10-year bonds hitting 16-year highs in the past week or so. Um, this typically means bad news for growth stocks. So would this mean more pressure perhaps on that sector? So I think what's going to happen is they're going to have to pause because of the war um, in Israel and Gaza. They have to pause. Uh, There's just no way around it. You obviously see some labor markets that are strengthened and some positive numbers in terms of manufacturing here and there. But there's just too many things going on. Energy is high. Mm. Um, Obviously, investors are pushing bond prices up given the volatility increasing and and, um, concerns globally for geopolitical reasons. And so I think that they're going to have to pause, but keep very hawkish rhetoric because if the U S economy still does stay hot and inflation stays strong, they're not going to rule out future hikes, but they're going to have to, I think, pause given all of the other uncertainty I manage that they're managing there. Um, looking at what the Fed's going to be doing in the coming weeks. Uh, What should investors be doing in the coming weeks as they hit into the next year? We've been rolling short-term treasuries. Don't you love 5.5%? I do. I know our clients do, and they're not worried. So we are watching. You know, We have had gold positions, other positions, I think, that we've shared with you. So we're watching different entry levels. Do we want to add exposures here and there? Um, Japan's been a strong position for us. Um, We still like it. There's a a lot of shareholder initiatives that are um, very strong. We think there'll be ROEs increasing over the next year or two from various initiatives that are some are are required and some uh, I think the companies are gaining traction on independently. Um, And they have some pockets of growth relative to other places. So we're not saying that you need to be all short and defensive everywhere, but we do think you have to be cautious because people did gather in the same seven names. People have been hoping that central banks would reduce rates when inflation is still high and sticky. And now for geopolitical reasons, there's a you know, most likely that's going to continue. So I think that you have to be a much more tactical Mm. and focused investor these days. You can't just say, I'm going to own the market. Yeah, Japan seems to be getting some interest these days with the expectations of more M&A, perhaps among some names. Um, What about China? How does that fit into your strategy? 
Sure. So we do have some investments in China. We are not in the property sector. Uh, we obviously watch it. Uh, but it really comes down to, is the government going to come in and do more wholesale changes and support? So far, what you've seen have been very short-term, um, I would say, small measures to be able to prop things up. Um, but they do have to make a long-term solution for the property sector. They do need to have a long-term solution for GDP growth 5% plus, I think, to get investors excited. But we think that all of the money has left the region, right? So left the country, left. And I would put in there, you have to think about Hong Kong and other different areas that are derivative plays of mainland China um, stocks. But what I love asymmetric opportunities when everybody else is gone, but you know benchmarks have to have the country in there. That's probably a good time to think about what businesses aren't getting caught into any type of tech or regulatory issues, and those are probably the best value plays if you have an intermediate time horizon because they have amazing consumers, um, obviously um, very strong growth relative to other pockets of the world, and I love it when capital flees. That's usually when you want to be buying in. Yeah, that's a very good point. Be, I guess, um, a bit bolder when others are fearful, and we did see capital exiting China at the fastest pace in more than seven years. That report yes. out this week. <laughs> So, interesting times when you're looking at China these days. We've been checking Nadine Thurman. She's the CEO and CIO of Sostein Capital. Nadine, it's been great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Have a great day too. And stay Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.